Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome on in, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Also get some bare-knuckle fighting in as well. As I was at the BKFC 14 show at the Intercontinental Miami. So I'll tell you about my experiences there. But I want to start off with last night's boxing card on ESPN. You had Terrence Crawford defending his WBO welterweight title against Kel Brook. Um, Great sensational fourth round knockout from Terrence Crawford. Uh, Caught Kel Brook coming in, hit him with a nasty... Uh, with a nasty jab that really just rattled his brain, sent him to the back of the uh, back of the ropes, followed it up a little bit more before Tony Weeks could get uh, you know get to him to call it a knockdown for the ropes holding up Kelbrook, and you know once the uh, once he made the standing eight count, it didn't last much longer after that. Um, you know Kelbrook looked pretty decent in the early goings of that fight. Terrence started off the fight right handed. He went from the conventional style. Uh, before switching up to Southpaw and really doing the damage like he did. Um, but Kel was, you know, Kel looked in great shape. He uh, was doing some things with his his lead hand, with his uh with his with his jab, a couple one twos up top were uh, were doing well. And then um the other thing was he was pretty accurate with the shots that he was picking. Nothing that was earth shattering, and I would say he was doing more of uh, frustrating Terrence really than uh, inflicting any kind of damage. It wasn't like he was imposing his will as the naturally bigger guy in this fight. So um, I wasn't, you know, hitting the panic mode, even if people, you know, were really impressed with how ahead Kelbrook may have been early goings. I thought Terrence Crawford was uh, was, in, was in a good spot for that. Um, and he was, you know, he was a guy where he, he, he felt like he was going to be able to pick his spots. And I do think that after watching the way spent uh excuse me the way that uh Kelbrook was stopped you know you could probably question on how in shape that head is still with the you know the two broken orbital bones just taking a shot like that um he didn't take it well and so Terrence Crawford retains his title he uh remains undefeated he is going to uh, I imagine stay atop many people's pound for pound rankings you know, debated how you want to. I uh, look. I've been on the Terrence Crawford bandwagon for a long time. For my mind, he has been the best welterweight on the planet to me. Um, and so I didn't need to see anything tonight that really would solidify that for me. I suppose he could have had a performance that would have had to make me question where he was if it was a bad performance because of the layoff because of the age any of that type of stuff but I, I think tonight he did a, a a good job in solidifying wherever he was in anybody's mind did he do anything to convince anybody if anybody thinks if you're a, an Errol Spence guy if you think Errol Spence is the better welterweight did he do anything tonight that would have convinced you otherwise probably not you're probably going to call Kelbrook wash damaged goods all that type of stuff. Um, and that's why, you know, we need to see these two guys fight each other. I was disappointed in the aftermath of the fight that you had Bob Arum there. I was expecting some kind of big announcement, which I, I suppose we semi got from them because they really swerved from Errol Spence pretty quickly. They put all talks of Errol Spence away and, uh, Terrence Crawford made it known that he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. That is the opponent that he's looking for. He wants the big payday. 
I get that. Um, I'm a little surprised that Manny Pacquiao is going to be on board with fighting Terrence Crawford. Uh, they said that they were close to getting it done. I guess in Qatar, the reports were that they were close to doing it before the shutdown happened. And so maybe they're going to revisit that. I, you know, look, it's a fun fight. Don't get me wrong. First of all, Manny Pacquiao is one of my favorite fighters of all time. So I am, of course, going to be into a fight where Terrence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao, two welterweight kings from essentially different eras, are going to square off and we're going to be able to find out who the man is, who is the guy out of these two. Um, Manny does have a, a WBA title from his win over Keith Thurman. So I don't think it's unwarranted that Manny Pacquiao gets a crack at Terrence Crawford. I don't think that he is undeserving of fighting Terrence Crawford. Uh, I think with his win over Keith Thurman, he certainly is uh, worthy of getting that shot or worthy of getting to fight for a title, even at his age. The, the question is, though, you know, when are we going to get out of this era of Manny Pacquiao slash Floyd Mayweather? You know, we're starting to put the Mayweather stuff behind us. Um, and I really felt with Manny like that Keith Thurman fight was just such the cherry on top of his career. Like he could have just gone out like that. It's not to say that he can't beat Terrence Crawford. It's just like, well, what else do you have to do? And that's why I didn't have any issue with Manny searching out a, a, a Conor McGregor fight or anything in that regard, a, a super fight, because he's done it all. He's fought them all. He's been there. He's done that. He's fought trilogies, rivalries, super fights, all that type of stuff. Guys who are way bigger than him. Um, he's taken on every obstacle there is to take on. And so for this last one, um, you know, for this next one to be Terrence Crawford, or, you know, even if you want to put Errol Spence in the, in that, that camp too, because he certainly hasn't been shy about trying to get Manny Pacquiao. They've both, uh, in recent wins have called out Manny Pacquiao rather than each other. And just think of this, like for Terrence, he is a prize fighter. And ultimately the guy wants to make a ton of money. I get it. So he's the, the reward here is money. Is it legacy? Um, it feels like a no win situation for him. If he, if he fights Manny Pacquiao. Now I would say if you're Terrence Crawford's camp, your probably argument is, well, I mean, we're already in a no win situation unless we fight Errol Spence. Um, if they truly believe that fight can't happen, there really isn't an opponent out there. I think that Terrence can take on right now. That's not in, if it's not Errol Spence or anybody in the PBC ranking, I don't know if there's a guy where he could even get a ton of credit for fighting. Even if, uh, you know, Keith Thurman would have jumped ship, you know, people think Keith Thurman's damaged goods. He just lost to Manny Pacquiao. So I don't know who that guy is that, that he could take on and people would be like, all right, Terrence Crawford solidified himself as a man. Like, we want to see them fight each other. Um, you know, it, you're going to have this fight come up in December between Errol Spence and Danny Garcia. And, you know, the question will come out of that of like, who is the guy out of that? And I look, the, the, the thing I'll give credit for with ESPN tonight is, you know, they didn't duck around it. You know, they didn't make it seem like, it's Terrence and there is no Errol Spence, you know, and I could say on the other side with PBC, they've done the complete opposite. Like they've ignored Terrence Crawford. You know, they've gone in the realm of saying, you know, Manny's the man, Sean Porter's the, the guy, Keith Thurman's the guy, you know, their whole little universe. And they just act like Terrence Crawford doesn't think at least ESPN is giving you the acknowledgement. Okay. We know that they're, that Terrence Crawford, that's our guy, and we regard him as number one, and Andre Ward's going to tell you why he's number one, but at least they acknowledge, hey, there's this other guy out there who could have a claim at the throne. You know, he's the unified champ right now uh, at 147. He's, he's, got a, he's got a big slice of the pie. We don't ignore it. So... I appreciate that from them. That the the thing that sucks about it though is it's you, you feel like your hopes of it were squashed immediately because Bob Aram's like, yeah, well, Errol Spence is gonna duck him and Terrence Crawford is better. 
And, you know, I don't know. Like, if you really were to put it up to a poll right now, you know, if I were to ask people tonight, like, who would you rather, if I can make the fight happen, uh, and if I can make it for the same money, you know, if I can make, you know, Errol's, if I can make Errol Spence and Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford, they all make the same amount of money, uh, you know, and especially for the young guys. Like, if I could say, hey, you'll make, let's say, 15 million fighting Manny Pacquiao, or you'll make 15 million fighting Errol Spence, samesies. You know, and I know that's not going to be the case, but let's just say it was. Um, who would you rather fight? And I would hope it would be the young guy. I would hope it would be the guy who everybody, who who other people possibly regard as the best. I don't think Manny Pacquiao is regarded as the best. And look, um, I don't rule Manny Pacquiao out of a fight with Terrence Crawford um, or Errol Spence. He's the man. Like, Manny Pacquiao is an absolute monster. Um, he's he's got, he's done more in two careers than those guys have in their one. But at some point, you got to wonder how much can you expect an old legend to beat young Lions? You know, he, he got Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman was coming off some injuries. He's a guy who's had really bad hand issues. You know, we've talked, we've had a couple interviews with Keith. You know, he's admitted to to me like he's not one time anymore. You know, he's a guy who's figuring out how to try and reinvent his career, um, and he's trying to beat Manny Pacquiao while doing it. Like, it's not a great recipe for success. With Terrence, Terrence, even though he's 33, he does not look like he's diminishing at all. He looks like he's probably got another three, four years of this prime left, but you don't want it to be on the tail end. Um, and then with Arrow, like, look, man, this guy just walked away from a, a, a crazy accident. And, you know, you're wondering, like, all right, well, what's going to really prove that he's the guy? Look, he's got some great things going for him. You know, is that that Mikey Garcia fight that did really good business-wise? People were into it. Um, he felt like a star. And he showed me a lot of stuff, too. I mean, like, you know, it was one of these things where I, th I, I picked Mikey Garcia in that fight um, thinking that he was the better boxer, that he was just, he doesn't make any mistakes, he's flawless. I knew that he was the smaller guy, but I, I really took for granted Errol Spence's uh, ability to outbox him. And Errol Spence boxed his socks off. Like, he he was tremendous. He, I think he proved a lot of stuff to everybody that night. I think that um, even with that, even seeing that ringside, I still think Terrence Crawford has a, a few more bags in his trick, uh, tricks in his bag, excuse me, that I would pick I would pick Terrence Crawford in a matchup with those two. But what's disappointing to me is knowing that money is an important element to this and that they are prize fighters. And that's great. But eventually this welterweight division has to do what the heavyweight division is doing. It would be like right now, uh, not quite to this degree, but pretty close. It would be like Tyson Fury going out there right now and calling out Mike Tyson after his Roy Jones fight. Like, oh, okay, well, what does that prove? Now, to Tyson Fury's credit, like, all right, he's even done some more proving. He's fought guys of his era and fought of the past era. You know, two of those guys have gotten to fight Vladimir Klitschko. But eventually this, this welterweight division has to move on. You know, the thing that is frustrating about it is this has been the glamour division, but they can't get out of the shadow of Floyd and Manny. They can't. Um, and it took for years, the heavyweight division, it took years upon years of them to get out of the shadow of Lennox and, and Holyfield and Tyson. It took them years. Um, I don't really consider the Vladimir Klitschko era uh, a time where they were out of the shadow. That felt like the shadow got even bigger because people were bored by Klitschko's reign. So it's just extremely frustrating that these young cats who 
seemingly are the best in the world and really don't have great excuses not to fight each other, uh, especially after we just saw PBC and ESPN cross blend over. There's really not a great reason for it. Um, you know, and, and Terrence McCrawford may walk in this room and say, hey, 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 shut up. I'm going to this is the once in a lifetime opportunity to fight Manny Pacquiao. I'm like, OK, that's great. But just know that if you obliterate him, it's going to mean for your boxing legacy, it's not going to mean anything. You're going to make you to be super rich, uh, hopefully. Um, but just know that like he he's he's not going to get any credit for that win or Spence. If, if Spence were to fight Manny. You know, it's the weird spot where Manny's got the bigger name, but he's got nothing to lose in those fights. Nothing to lose. I mean, I suppose other than suffering a vicious knockout loss, but I mean, like, legacy-wise, he's locked tight. He's he's set. Um, Because I, I don't think anybody thinks that Manny's going to win those fights. Uh, I don't rule him out completely, but let's be honest. Like, people would think, oh, he's over the hill. He's taking on two guys who are in the absolute peak of their powers. Um, and again, Terrence's answer to that might be, if I were to sit down and do an interview with him right now, and uh, I've never got a chance to talk to Bud, but if I did, I'm sure his argument to me would be like, well, nobody gives me credit anyway, so what's the difference? Um, but I just think that at certain points, a division, it becomes so obvious as to what you should do it has to be done. And boxing messes around with this so much. And even heavyweight hasn't gotten it perfect. Cause let's be honest. When, before the Tyson Fury thing came along, we all wanted to see Manny versus AJ. I mean, Deontay versus AJ and it didn't happen. So I hope they don't mess this up. Um, because once this goes down with Errol and he fights Danny Garcia, they're talking about doing Tance Crawford in the spring. You know, it doesn't seem like they're going to be very on, on very lined up schedules when right now they, they quite actually are, you know, they are pretty lined up. They're fighting a couple weeks, a few weeks apart and you can set something up for summer. And it seems like it would be perfect for them to match up with one another, you know, with all respect to Danny Garcia, thinking that Errol Spence is going to take care of, of, uh, uh of DSG, you know, so great performance by, by Terrence tonight. You know, uh, uh, he beat Kell Brook way worse than Errol Spence did, but, you know, beat him down the line after, you know, Kell has been uh, put together again a couple times. That being said, look, in my mind, he was already the number one welterweight. Tonight just solidifies it. And my hope is that it ends up with him taking on Errol Spence. Seems like they're leaning towards they want that next fight to be against Manny Pacquiao, which is a little disappointing. I'm still going to watch. I'd be excited to watch Terrence Crawford versus Manny Pacquiao. Like I said, Manny's one of my favorite fighters of all time. I watch every fight that he's in. I buy every fight that 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 he's on. Uh, getting to go see him fight live was one of the, the sporting thrills of my life. Um, but what's the point? Like, what is, what are we doing here? You know, you are... One of the best, well, you, you have a welterweight belt, you have a welterweight belt, boom. Should be as easy as it as can be, but for some reason it's not. We're back after this. Welcome back to Fighters Fury, everybody. It's Tobin here with you. Thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. Uh, if you guys want to check this out, uh, and we'll have these interviews coming up a little bit later, uh, went down to BKFC 14 in Miami. Uh, great show, great show. I'll tell you more about it, but... um. We got some extent, we got an extended recap of it up on our website, theticketmiami.com. So if you're a fight fan um, and you are getting into the combat world of bare knuckle, uh, uh, it was a fun show. It was a great atmosphere. I'll get more into it in just a few minutes, but uh, check that out, theticketmiami.com. Um, you can text the show at 786-360-0790. Let's get to this. Before I get into UFC from last night, uh, the co-main event on the Terrence Crawford versus Kell Brook was Joshua, uh, Joshua Franco. He was, uh, defending his championship, his, uh, his WBA Bantamweight championship, uh, up against Andrew Maloney from Australia. And 
Not something I would probably cover on the busy weekend that we have, but it was super controversial. Um, what ended up happening was, uh, so Joshua Franco in the midst of the round of round one, you can see his eyes starting to really swell shut. And by the end of the round, it's shut shut. Like it's in a bad way. The doctor's checking it out. Doesn't look good. And they rule it by uh, accidental headbutt. That is the call of the referee. And so the broadcast is like already puzzled because like, I don't remember there being a headbutt. And look, a lot of the times when something like that happens, these guys have great producers, great people in the great people in the trucks who are immediately finding the footage. They are queuing it up. They are getting it ready. Remember, you only have a, a little bit of time between rounds to show what happened, to explain what happened, to give you that. It's a very high-pressure job, and these guys are very good at it, typically, in the truck. So when there's no footage of it coming immediately, you're already raising an eyebrow, like, was there a headbutt? So, you know, that becomes an interesting thing, because if you don't get to four rounds, you can't go to the scorecards. You have to stick with, uh, it has to go no contest. If it is a if it is a rule break, it goes to no decision. So, so Joshua Franco, they end up getting through two rounds, and the eyes really badly shut. Doctor ends up calling the fight, and this seems like they're going to go in the way of calling it a no decision, but. We're already underway where it's like they have they've made it clear they have instant replay availability in Las Vegas. So they have Robert Bird, who has been doing the damn thing for a long time, and Bob Bennett, the head of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, sitting there looking at television screens. They have a phone. He is calling up the ESPN truck. Hey, can you cue it up here? Cue it up here. So they know that it happened in the first round. So ESPN just goes back and says, well, we got time to kill. We got, what is it? We're got we going to have be here for more than three minutes. Let's just watch the entire round. You watch the entire first round. No headbutts. No headbutts. What you do see is he gets, jo- he gets, uh, he gets hit in the eye. Looked like with the thumb of the glove. So it might have been uh, in a very unfortunate spot. Not an illegal blow. Just unfortunate that's not the cleanest of punches. And then Maloney was really peppering Franco with jab, 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 jab in his eye. And it eventually swelled shut. So this is taking forever. I mean, we're getting on 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25. We're getting to like a half hour. And they've done every angle, every which way. They are listening in on the truck. And the truck is telling them where they're watching. So they go watch it live. The only thing you can kind of see is a little bit of a, you know, kind of rubbing up of heads, but it's on the opposite side of where the swelling is. So we're all sitting here at home. Everybody's going crazy on Twitter. We all can sell. There is no headbutt. This man got his eye messed up by a punch. And as unfortunate as it is, that should mean that that Joshua Franco loses his title to Andrew Maloney. It's not a way you want to win a belt for sure. Nobody wants to win on a on, on a on a couple of jabs that swell up the eye, I'm sure. But nonetheless, it should be a win. And not a no contest or not a no decision. And and so the ramifications are huge. So in that way, you do appreciate them making sure absolutely that the referee knows what he saw. But the problem with this is Bob Bennett gets uh, you know. He, 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 he does some interviews afterwards and he says, well, it has to be, it has to be absolutely conclusive that there wasn't a headbutt and that it wasn't done by the jabs. And that pisses me off because in that regard, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make your referee look good rather than get the decision right. And well, look, first of all, this is boxing. You there's people that you can name three referees. All right. Nobody knows who the referees are. You know, you Tony Weeks, Kenny Bayless, probably Robert Bird. That's probably the current list. Maybe the next person that people come up with is Mills Lane. He hasn't been doing the damn thing for 25 years. Um, so it's unfortunate. You know, Bob Bennett is sitting there and it feels like they're sitting and looking at this footage, hoping to find something to justify 
the referee's call rather than get it correct. And that is what is infuriating as a boxing fan is that we are never, ever just trying to get it right. As a commission in Las Vegas, they are trying to make themselves look good. This is a garbage thing. And for a commission that does the biggest fights all the time, for all the crap that Florida gets, you know, for, oh, they're corrupt. They don't know what they're doing in Florida. And now don't even make it Florida. Make it Texas. Make it wherever. For all the crap they get, this Las Vegas, they get it all the time with their mess-ups. They're always trying to cover their own ass and make sure that, you know, that their guys look good. And if there's a Fugazi scorecard, nothing ever happens to anybody. They just keep rolling. Teddy Atlas had a brilliant thing today. He had a brilliant tweet after this. He goes, tell me the last time somebody in boxing got fired. And then when could you? These have been the same characters. I, as a boxing fan, I'm a young, I am a young boxing fan, relatively. I'm a 34 years old, okay? Been watching boxing since I was, you know, let's say 10. And it's been the same people doing, there's been one guy to retire. It's been Mills Lane. That's it. Mills Lane and Burt Sugar, and he died. So it's the same characters. And that leads to these guys trying to protect their own rather than get the decision right. Maloney should have walked out of that arena that night with a belt around his waist. And Joshua Franco would should have lost. There should be a trilogy. There should be another fight for sure. Um, but it's unfortunate that they went and, and wasted all this time. And what they wasted that time was not to get it right. It was to make their guy look less wrong. And that's bull crap. So Bob Aaron was at right afterwards. Um, expressed a lot of that sentiment that they were trying to just make the ref look good. Bob Bennett said, oh, not conclusive. We do that in other sports. Meh. Bro, okay, you show me where the conclusiveness is. Show me. Show me. What you, you There could have been two headbutts. Two, you can't find one. I, don't tell me. You, we, we all sat back here and watched it. The ESPN made us. So, very disappointing that we, uh, that we had that last night in the, in the world of boxing. I couldn't call it surprising, but disappointing nonetheless that we have that happen. We also had UFC last night. Uh, Paul Felder, he was uh, taking this fight against Rafael Dos Anjos on five days notice. Absolute big balls from the Irish Dragon going in there and taking on the former lightweight champ and returned to lightweight for Rafael. And uh, fun fight. Uh, you know, Paul Felder was certainly live, especially in the striking when they were standing up. He was, uh, he was certainly trying to make his mark. Um, looked good. Uh, you know, I thought that Rafael pretty much dominated though everywhere in this regard. I didn't even think that Paul was getting the better of him on the feet. I thought that Rafael looked very fast, um, was was finding a home for that left hand anytime he wanted to. But the big difference in this was the grappling. Um, really was taking him out, at, taking him down at will, um, and that really was the big difference in this. Is that that Paul was getting taken down on the reg and, and, and it probably wasn't in that kind of a shape, you know, cardio and all that he's talking about was not in the shape that he needed to be for this kind of a fight five rounds. But look, nothing but respect to Paul Felder. He was supposed to be broadcasting this card. He was not supposed to be fighting on this card. So for him to go out there and have that kind of a performance when he was not expected to be out there, you could do nothing but tip your hat to the, uh, to, to the great Paul Felder. Javier Dos Anjos afterwards, uh, you know, he's immediately going to, he thinks he deserves a title shot. This annoys me. Um, first of all, Javier Dos Anjos has not been a champion for a very long time. All right. The last time Javier Dos Anjos had a belt around his waist, it was for... Da, 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 it was back in 2015. This is a half a decade ago. So his argument today was, I think that Connor and I should fight for the lightweight belt because we're real champions. We were never interim champions. And that's all well and good, man. But the problem is, is that you told us you couldn't make the weight class anymore, that you were dying. Like you could not make this weight safely anymore. And therefore you went up to welterweight and you did a fine job at welterweight. Did okay. Um, ended up starting, you know, he, he, he was an okay welterweight who 
what he did tonight to Paul Felder was it's basically getting done to him every single welterweight fight. Colby did it. Kamar Usman did it. Uh, you know, Leon Edwards. They all kind of just outgrinded him in these fights. You know, he was never really getting his ass kicked. Uh, never got stopped at welterweight. So, you know, but just just couldn't get to those places where he was finishing the job. Um, but I still feel like he has a lot of stuff, a, a lot of stuff to prove it. Well, yes, he beat the number seven guy, but he beat the number seven guy in five days notice and didn't finish him. Um, it's not like this was this, you know, remarkable performance from RDA. What I think it showed is, look, he looks like he definitely can, uh, he definitely can hang with this size a little bit better, which is great. Uh, he looked healthy, great, but you know, let's not let's not act like he gets to jump the line because he beat someone in five days notice. That's silly. That that to me that to me is is nonsense. So, you know, uh, and, and it looks like we're getting Dustin and Connor. That looks like that got sealed up this week, which is great. Can't wait for that fight. I'm looking forward to it. You know, but. If I, these dumb narratives that 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 come up with sometimes like rda's got some wacky ones man he really really does sometimes um and to me it, it just it kind of rings out i would have liked him to you know i'm not surprised by it because i know he's had beef with connor for a long time and that he's wanted to square away remember they were supposed to fight for the lightweight title he ended up getting the injury that's what ended up uh, with us getting the nate diaz rivalries but you know, from my standpoint, um, I would like him to, see, you know, have him. This is what's great about having RDA back. You know, have him fight Tony, have him fight Michael Chandler, um, something like that. I don't, you know, go right to the front of the line and fight for a belt. Okay, you couldn't finish a guy on five uh, who took the fight on five days' notice. Let's let's relax a little bit on that one. From uh, from that standpoint, uh, the other big one from. This night was uh, was Chaos Williams. He had uh, just a vicious knockout of uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, just a, thirty seconds into the right hand, right down the pipe, boom! All she wrote. Um, vicious, vicious KO, and and a great performance. Sean Strickland had a uh, a nice win over Brendan Allen. Uh, he ended up winning by TKO, so that's a couple of wins for him in two weeks. And, uh, you know, th those were kind of the big headlines out of, uh, out of everything with this one and this card on that night. We'll, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, going to give you my recap of BKFC 14 from the Intercontinental Miami. Tell you what uh, went down, uh, good things the promotion's doing, all that type of stuff. We're back after this. Welcome back, guys. Futter's Fury rolls on here. Uh, we did get a piece of news regarding the Canelo Alvarez thing. We've been following this. And uh, as a follow-up, it looks like Canelo Alvarez, looks like the Caleb Plant fight is dead, which I'm bummed about. I told you last week, I think that was a fun fight. I like Caleb Plant. Uh, he's an enjoyable fighter. Uh, looks like Canelo's going to go back to the zone. Uh, Caleb Smith uh, and Eddie Hearn, it looks like they're coming together for a deal. And I, look, my big takeaway, it's not that he's going to end actually end up fighting Caleb Smith. My big takeaway from it is, man, he must hate Oscar De La Hoya's guts. That was the big takeaway I came from that. Is that uh, okay? So he's gonna go back to the zone. He just doesn't want to work with Oscar anymore. He doesn't want Oscar making any of his damn money. So it was just funny seeing those headlines that Canelo Alvarez is gonna come back. And I heard some some guys who are a little bit more in the know and the network stuff than I said. You know, it was gonna be hard for him to find somebody to give him the money that he wants on a one fight deal, uh, only to renegotiate to get that guaranteed money. So it is interesting that he is going back to the zone. But it's just funny that it's happening with uh, without Oscar De La Hoya. I, I find that uh, a riot. I told you last week, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up fighting. I guess that's not going to be the case now because he probably just doesn't want Oscar De La Hoya to make any money off of him. So that was uh, that was one interesting piece of news that came out this week. The other, uh, the other thing I wanted to get to, so I went to the Intercontinental on Friday night. I went to BKFC 14. Actually, I was at the, I went to the press conferences this week. Uh, it was uh, Luis Palomino. He was defending his belt against Jim Ayler's, the bare knuckle beast. And you know, I've look, I've we've done some bare knuckle coverage on this show. I've been to 
This was my third show. I went to one in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, this was my second BKFC when I went last night. And I went to Dada 5000's BYB at the Hard Rock. So I've been to this is this, so I've, I've I, if this is three cards now. I'm like a bare knuckle vet, and you know my big question about it was, and I've, I've asked this of the people promoting it. So they're obviously always going to give me the pe- the 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 positive review, if you will. But my question's always been like, who are you going like? One of the reasons I think mixed martial arts took over in some ways of boxing is that you had a sport that people could train for. There could be young phenoms in and you were going to have this grand wave of talent that was going to take over. I just don't know if that's ever going to be the case with bare knuckle, but I do think there is something to the effect of there are guys where this could just be a home for them. You know, maybe that aren't, aren't the most skillful boxers in the world. Maybe that aren't uh, good at everything, uh, especially with the grappling and mixed martial arts. There is, the the fights are getting better. I, I can say that. When I go, and I, and I talked a little bit about this with uh, with the president, David Feldman, I'm like do you like do you feel like fights are getting better because one of the things i've noticed from the first one i went to to this one and even watching it somewhat on television is it does feel like guys are getting the sport a little bit more now look ultimately a lot of these things are going there's a lot of fights that are going really really fast really really fast um but every now and then you do have ones that are that are going and and last a little bit the pace of the fights are really great i think it's five two-minute rounds so it's never gonna last longer than 10 minutes although i'll tell you a little bit about the surprise we got um you know but ultimately like i i i'm becoming a believer in this as something that's gonna last for a while because i think that they provide a place where i think they're gonna get some names i think they can get some good talent um you know maybe not the best right away but i think guys who can find a home here I think there are a lot of charismatic guys. I think they get. I think that the promotion uh, promotions get a, a a good way of of knowing how to sell fights. Uh, they did this yesterday where they had. Let me get the fighters and get her name right. It's Brit Brit Hart. I think is what it is uh, is her full name, but I just want to make sure I get it correct. Um, Britton Hart. She uh, she was a one. She was a uh, she was a one twenty five er, and she was fighting yesterday against uh, Randy Nelcombe, and they had Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt was sitting literally four, four feet in front of me with her husband, now South Floridians, and I was sitting, you know, probably six feet behind them, and then another six feet is the broadcast booth. So she ended up going to call the call the fights uh, for, for Britton Hart's card, and Britton Hart looked really good. She actually made her opponent look like Frankenstein. And she was super charismatic. She went over to Paige Van Zandt, blew her a kiss, got in the mic, said, I'm going to f-, uh, F you up. And, oh, no, no, no. Her quote was, you're effing next, it was, it was her quote. Then they ended up getting Paige and, uh, into, the, into the ring. And, you know, Paige, she's like, that was only 50%. Actually, I thought Paige Van Zandt had a funny line, which she goes, well, that's probably not smart. You should always fight your fights at 100%. Um, that goes back to the old Kamar Usman. I was fighting at 35%. Dana White's like, well, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you fight at 100? But, um, yeah, it, I, ultimately, look, I had a really, really great time last night. I thought it was a fun card. Um, you know, uh, my guy, Yuli Diaz, was on the card, who's a friend of the program, friend of the station, and he had the, the moment of the night. I think that was one of the cool things about it, too, is he he knocked his opponent out in three seconds, which on, uh, believe it or not, I, I think is almost selling him short because it felt like one second. Like it was like bell rung and the way that bare knuckle starts off, you know, I had a lot of people when they watched, they're like, well, why don't they start? Uh, it felt like he, why, why are they starting from the other sides of the cage? That's how they said they towed the line. That's how it, that is their gimmick. They tow the line. They start at the center of the ring and they fight. Um, and people are like, well, that's silly. I'm like, well, no, it's silly in one fight where it's not even silly. It's it's it happened in one fight where one guy got knocked out in three seconds. 
it's not like every fight's going that direction. A lot of times guys do want to feel things out. Uh, just happened that Yuli jumped on the guy like a, a dog on a pork chop, and he uh, he looked fantastic. Here's a little bit of my conversation with Yuli Diaz after the win. All right, we're at the Intercontinental Miami with the man of the night, Yuli the Monster Diaz, Miami's own. Congratulations. Fastest knockout in BKFC history. What does that mean to you, man? Fastest knockout in combat sports history. I just found out, uh, Brandon. It's, it's amazing. I called my manager one week ago, and I told him I'm going to have the fastest knockout in BKFC history. Ten, it turns out to be I got the fastest knockout in combat history. It's a blessing. I manifested this. It came to fruition, man, and it, it's an amazing feeling. How? When, when did the visions first come that this was going to um, happen? I, as soon as they gave me my opponent, I started envisioning my fight. I started, I started thinking about things I'm going to do, how I'm going to, you know, what's going to happen, how I'm going to move. You know, in BKFC, we start three feet apart. So you're never sure if the guy's going to start with action or the guy's going to bounce off you. So I, I start thinking about what I'm going to do. I was waking up out of my sleep throwing this combination, man. Did you did you see anything in him or was this all you? Like, did you just feel like you were going to manifest? It didn't matter what no, it person didn't, was in no, front of it you. No, it didn't matter what person was in front of me. The, 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 the monster train was coming with what it was coming with. We always see an amazing atmosphere when you are here. I've seen plenty of your shows, boxing, MMA, bare knuckle. The, what, what did it mean to have something like this on this stage in Miami? That's got to feel incredible. It looked like adrenaline was flowing all over you. Like, what was, what was it like? <laughs> listen, man, I, I, listen, you couldn't make this up, brother. If you could write a story, you couldn't make it as good as it happened tonight. You know what I mean? It, it's an amazing feeling from where I come from, from where I've been to where I'm at right now, just standing here next to you, having this conversation. I've, I've just listened to you on the radio for years, brother, to be here talking to you about this. It's an amazing feeling, brother. This, uh, you've, you are the perennial prize fighter. You've, you've roved around. Is this, uh, is this a good home for you? Do you like, do you like the bare knuckle style? Is, it, is there something about it that is, uh, just you gravitate towards? Do you like, uh, the, just the whole way it goes down in there? I love fighting period, but yes, I think BKFC is a home for me just for the sense of, uh, you know, it, it takes it back to the roots. Uh, you know, I, I used to get in trouble fighting like this on the streets and I was getting me paid, getting me notoriety. Got the fastest knockout in combat sports history. It's an amazing feeling. And um, it's like nothing else. I know I keep repeating the same thing because it's an amazing yeah. feeling, y'all. I'm sure, man. I mean, listen, I know that. I mean, I know how hard you worked and what it must mean to do something like this. Yes, um, there's a lot of talk and a lot of buzz. I mean, a, a knockout like that uh, for a promotion like this that's trying to build a name, a guy like you, that's, that's who you put in the, on the stage to make that promotion bigger. What do you think should be next for you? Um, well, I respectfully, I respectfully calling out Tiago Alves for the light heavyweight, uh, for the light heavyweight belt in BKFC. It's vacant right now. Um, I'm a fan of his. I've been watching him come up for, since the UFC. I think he's a great fighter. He's fighting for BKFC now. I think me and him will be a great matchup for the next fight down here in Miami. I think we'll bring the crowd, uh, we'll bring the noise, and I think it'll be a great fight. So you know, again, respectfully calling out Tiago Alves for the light heavyweight belt. Let's make it happen, brother. And what do you think happens in that fight? Of course, my hand's going to be raised, you know what I mean? I've been, if, 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 you can't be a fighter and say something else, you know what I mean? I see myself with my hand raised. Is this, is this uh, the, the tops right now, Yuli? Is this the best, the best moment of your career? This has to be the best moment of my fighting career by far. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for giving us time, man. I always appreciate you being good to our show or good to our station. Yuli the Monster Diaz doing Miami proud right in his hometown. Fastest knockout in combat sports history. Three seconds at BKFC 14. And I feel great for him. Uh, look, I hope he gets that fight against Tiago Alves. I hope he does. Tiago just fought on their September 11th card. And this thing was big. I mean, the Yuli Diaz knockout made SportsCenter's Instagram. Uh, it blew up yesterday. Obviously, he's, uh, he's got a famous girlfriend who's in the WWE who has a tons of followers. Um, so and this, this caught on. Like, this was a legit viral knockout. It was a star-making knockout for him. Um, as a guy uh, we talked about, as you heard us talk about, like I think that Yuli, who is 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 up there in age a little bit, it probably it's probably hard for him to legitimately make it in boxing for anybody to give him a shot. Um, it's probably hard for him to make it in mixed martial arts because of of his age and all the stuff that there is to learn. And you know he had to do convincing to get on the regional scene to to, to let them fight. But bare knuckle, uh, he's amazing on the microphone he's charismatic he's got a really cool look to him uh and he can knock mother bleepers out who cares what his age is everybody you know I, I think that it's the perfect place for him and so i hope that he has a great home here i hope he becomes their champion and you know as this promotion is trying to carve out its spot in combat sports i think he's a perfect guy for them and that's why i think last night was so huge for him um so yeah, it was it was an awesome night. Also got to see Jake Boswick, his 
bare knuckle fighting debut. Now he is uh, he's been trained. I've seen uh, I've seen him on the gram a bunch of times fighting um, all over the gyms down here. He's kind of a, he's a, he's a hard guy not to recognize because he just like Yuli has tattoos all over his head, uh, jacked to the gills. And you know, but this is my first weekend a chance to interview him and talk to him. Um, you know, I'm 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 boys with his, his trainer Derek Santos. Shout out to Derek Santos and Santos Boxing down here. Um, and 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 Derek was under the impression that this is going to be the perfect sport for a guy who's kind of looking for a combat sports home. That this is going to work. And he uh, had a great fight with Tyler Vogel. They had the first sudden death fight in bare knuckle fighting history. And that was cool. I had no idea what was going on. There's a huge break. They're like, I assume tabulating the scorecards. Uh, Jake had gotten a knockdown. I didn't even seen the scorecards. I don't know what it turned out. I mean, like, well, sudden death. I guess it was a draw. It didn't matter. But I assume what happened was is it was he took the first two rounds but had a 10-8 in one of the rounds, and then Tyler was uh, up on the scores in the other three. I'm assuming that's probably what happened. So we ended up with a draw. And so after a little bit of a break, they go, sudden death round. And Jake ended up coming out on top. You know, he ended up topping Vogel and, and getting the getting the nod. So good for him. Here's our conversation with Jake Boswick. All right, here from the Intercontinental in Miami, BKFC 14 has just wrapped up. One of the stars of the show, brutal Jake Boswick. Congratulations Thank on you the so win. Much. Thank you. Uh, very hard fought battle. Did you know that that was a rule that there could be sudden death? Because I think all the audience was very confused, waiting patiently. <laughs> What was going through your mind with all that? Um, honestly, I was already in the fight. Um, I was good to keep, continue fighting. Um, yeah, when he obviously he got to the fifth round, they said, listen, if it's a possibility, it's a, a draw, you can do an extra round. I was like, let's go, man, I'm game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cool, I'm gonna go out on my shield, man. So um, I'm just pretty disappointed. I'm, you know, I'm still, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed in my performance. I really, I'm better than that. You know, I'm so much better than that. Um, but I'm happy I come out with a W. And uh, yeah, it's just a learning curve. Gonna learn from this. So yeah, happy days. Well, were you disappointed? You're disappointed. You just wanted to end faster. <laughs> no, I'm just disappointed a, in, in my ability. Like I'm much better than that. Like I still have not shown my full potential. You know, and it's and it sucks. But it is what it is. I got the win. We can watch the fight back. We're gonna learn a lot from this. I'm so happy I got the fight out of the way. My debut here, and I've bang out six rounds. Like you know, nothing's broken. A little bit swollen, but nothing major. So I'm happy about that. I got a lot, a lot to take from this fight. Um, I'm just happy I got some some uh, some rounds in. We uh, when we talked at the press conference, you thought this fight, uh, this type of combat sport, was going to be perfect for you. What did you think about it? How did it all play out? For it you? played out pretty well. Um, yeah, getting punched with no gloves and punching somebody with no gloves ain't really much different to punching with an MMA glove or a boxing glove. It really. Once you're in the fight, you're in the fight, honestly. Um, you know, I, I think you hit me with a couple of shots that hurt me, but other than that, there was nothing really that I was worried about. I just really couldn't get into my groove, and uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm annoyed about. But um, we got the W, man. Um, just the support that you had in the crowd. A lot of people there were supporting you. We saw the England flags out there yeah. flying for you. What, what did that mean to you? Yeah, it meant so much to me, man. Like, the crowd here was phenomenal. I've got a lot of friends and family. And, not family, but, like, friends and, you know, really good friends here. Um, you know, a bunch of fans and around the world. And my support's been phenomenal. So I'm happy I got the W for everyone and myself and my team. Um, and, yeah, it's just a learning curve. And we've got a lot to learn from this. Uh, I don't you know, expect you to know when you'll be back, but, like, how, I mean, as far as future's concerned with this sport, do you like your future in the sport and as far as going back to the lab and, and, and eating uh, and staying back out there? 100% um, I like this. I want to be coming back here. Um, I ain't got no really bad injuries. I've had a few stitches in my face, so a couple of weeks, all superficial. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go, man. Like, I'm, I'm sweet. Just, I'm happy I got some, I'm got that ring rust out. I got some rounds in. I got hit in the face. Like, I took some damage. I had to keep fighting. I'm just happy I got a fight, you know, and it wasn't, I think, quick. But at the end of the day, got the W, and again, I'm just going to learn from this. So. And you made history. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time to bang out six rounds. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. Congratulations, Jake. It was Thank a you so great much, performance man. by you. It was a fun, fun show tonight. You I'm glad everyone had fun. Man. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed it. Man. So thank you. Congratulations. Yes. So congratulations to him. Uh, looking forward to watching him back in the squared circle. And, uh, and finally, Luis Palomino, Jim Ayler's uh grudge match these guys have been doing a great fight lead up for this uh good promotion between the both of them and Luis Palomino took it to him you know this was uh you know he talked about being slick and outboxing him and outskilling him and uh you know he really 
he really got on 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 Jim quick and and put him away, put him down once, uh, and Jim was slow to get up, and then at, uh, ended up shortly thereafter finishing the job and and uh, the fight was ended. So uh, he retains the lightweight championship. He gets the diamond belt from the uh, what the hell is that thing called? There's this dude who walks around. He's got like these police belt. It's like the police academy bare knuckle. I I don't know the exact name of it, but it looks like an old style like Jack Johnson style belt. It's very cool looking, and so he got like the. It's basically like BKFC has their own belt, and this guy goes and gives the belts. They're kind of like you know, like their own sanctioning body for bare knuckle, you know, almost like Ring Magazine, if you will. Um, so it was cool. Shout out to Luis Palomino; he got the hometown win. Fun atmosphere. It was cool being in a venue with fans. I got to be honest with you. Um, I think the three fighters I mentioned, probably the three most popular fighters on the card. And, you know, it was cool. Lewis Brinson was there. I saw Lewis Brinson ringside. I saw Yoel Romero. Frank Mir was there. I think Frank Mir signed up with BKFC. Look, it was a fun night. It was a fun night and I'm becoming more sold on this bare knuckle thing. I think it's, uh, I think it's got a niche. I think that it's finding its way with the right athletes to get, you know, they are going to still go for their big signings like they got Paige Van Zant. I still think they could use a guy like Shannon Briggs uh, to headline one of their cards one night. I think that would be a ton of fun. Um, but it definitely feels like this sport is uh, is finally starting to find its way. And I had a lot of fun. That's our show for this week, everybody. If you miss any of it, download the podcast. We got all the episodes. We got a chance to talk to Andre War this week. We did talk to him about... Um, Terrence Crawford, but we also talked to him a lot, a lot of other stuff too. He had some awesome stuff on the lightweight division. He had some great stuff on the uh, Canelo Alvarez free agency, and uh, I think the best stuff from Andre, if you haven't heard the interview, is uh, he goes in on Deontay Wilder. I mean, he 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 does not pull any punches, uh, pun intended, with uh, with Deontay Wilder and the excuses that he's making. So I highly recommend checking that out. You guys can see the interview at theticketmiami.com. You can look up. Uh, us on YouTube, see it there, and uh, any social media platform, you'll be able to find it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.